for those that haven't been here, this is what we've been uh, looking at over the last number of weeks. We've been trying to expose areas in our lives, trying to fi- identify those blind spots, as David called it. We've tried to see those places in our hearts, the condition of our hearts, the condition of the soil where it is hardened. And uh, But we're going after fruitfulness. And I, I don't know how, for those that have been part of this uh, sermon series, been part of this journey with us, I don't know how you've how you found it, um, because it's one of it's one of those topics, it's one of those series that we're going through. So over the summer we went through Acts, we went through, we we picked up every everywhere there was something significant we felt going through that the book of Acts in the nine weeks that we had over the summer. And so I suppose in some ways it was we were looking for a transformation, we're looking to see God do something, birth something, excite our hearts as we went through that story. In some ways it was given information, whereas this. Has, feels like it's not. We're not here. This is not something that we are here just giving mere information. This is deeply personal. Some of the stuff, if you've taken it on, if you've taken this on board at all, you will be able to identify that this is very personal. We are not here giving mere information. And I don't know whether that's challenging for you. I, I, I don't want to be provocative just for the sake of it. But... But that could be challenging for some of us because our way, that has always been our understanding of uh, of being church. That we come and we we sing the songs that have been picked for the morning, and we come to receive information from whoever is standing at the front, whatever they want to tell us. And, that, and 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 for some, that has maybe been our understanding of what church looks like. But we are not just wanting to give mere information. Uh, you could find any amount of information you want. Google is an incredible resource. If we just think of churches gathering up knowledge. But we're, we're wanting to create a space. We're wanting to create a time in these Sundays where we are, I suppose in some ways, we're not demanding it. I think the word of God is demanding you to examine your hearts. It requires a willingness it requires a willingness to break up those hardened, difficult areas in your life. It requires a willingness. It requires courage. I want to acknowledge that. Some of the stuff that we've talked about around shame and guilt, around hurt and disappointment, around jealousy and competition and comparing ourselves to one another. This, is, this is, takes courage to deal with all of that takes courage to deal with the hurts that, that you've felt forced maybe to carry for so long. It takes courage to begin to deal with that. It even takes courage. It maybe takes a bit of a risk to expose the shame, to expose the guilt, to expose the jealousy. And you know what? I want to keep on saying that we want to do that because all of that originates in the enemy's camp. Shame, guilt, jealousy. It all originates in the enemy's camp. So we want to expose it. We want to make sure that we're going to keep on offering opportunities to expose these areas in our lives. And you need to keep on hearing us say this. We are not wanting to condemn. There is absolutely no condemnation in Jesus. There is absolutely no condemnation in what we are trying to do uh, these Sunday mornings. If you feel an increase in guilt and shame, it is not from him. And we're not wanting that. If you feel an, an increase 
and guilt and shame when I talk. Forgive me, but that's not the intention. That's not what we want to do. Our goal, the deepest desire of our hearts is, is fruitfulness. The deepest desire of our hearts is that we would live, that we would think, that we would act in ways that reflect who he is, that would reflect his character, that would reflect his nature. And if I can just say this, I've I, I read through Colossians this week and I said to the guys that were with us as we prayed together on Wednesday night, I read Colossians 2 verse 9 and it says that the fullness of God, the fullness of the deity was pleased to dwell in Jesus and now that fullness dwells in us. I, I'm, I still am trying to fully grasp that. That's incredible. Incredible revelation from Paul. But that's our goal. Our goal is fruitfulness. Our goal is to think, to act in ways that reflect his nature. And so this morning, this morning I want to, this maybe sounds a bit strange, but if I, on Wednesday morning I went up to prepare for today at the castle. Just preparing some, preparing some thoughts, just wanting to hear from God. I thought I'll go to the prayer room and I'll just wait upon him and see what it is that he wants to say this morning. And uh, another appointment at the castle, but whenever I, went, I sat down to prepare to get some thoughts ready, and this will maybe seem strange, but I really felt the Lord was just telling me to go home. I felt he was telling me to go home and uh, and doing preparation for, for study, preparation for a sermon or whatever, it never really works at home. There's too many distractions. I know where the TV remote controls are. I know how easy it is to operate the coffee, all of that, and it's it's too many distractions. And uh, but I went, I went home, and whenever I got home, I felt like I really did. I, like this again, maybe seems strange, but I felt like the Lord told me to go out and start to pull those ugly big weeds out of your back garden. And there's part of me was like, God, I'm, I thought, I thought if I must have missed this completely. I thought I was coming back home because you were gonna help me in preparing for Sunday morning. And I felt like he was he was prompting me that that was where some a lot of my preparation for this morning was going to be in pulling out. And, and so you know, like for those that know me, you know that had to be from God if I was going to go out voluntarily and start pulling weeds out of the grass. Had to be from God. And so I stood, I stood and I looked at the mess, looked at the absolute horror it was like, I was almost seeing it with fresh eyes. It was like, oh my goodness. And so I thought, well, I don't know. I need, I need proper equipment. I need, I, I actually, I'm so bad at all of this. I probably need some sort of training. And almost in that moment, it was just like, going, I felt like I needed to go and get a pair of gloves and do what you can. I didn't work at that bit yet. Go and do what you can. But Judith wasn't here for the first Sunday that I showed that. So she's a bit upset with me now. Judith, I'm on it. I've got it sorted. We're, all, we're under control. God spoke. <laughs> and, uh, but, if, but you know what? In that moment, I felt like that's, that is what we so often do when we come to the issues that we've been looking at. I need the right equipment. I need the right training. And what we're trying to say is like, just, just start. Just do what you can. If you're anything like me, I, 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 and, I, and I, this is why I needed a prompting from the Lord because there will always be a reason for you not to do something. 
there'll always be a reason for you not to tackle and take on these areas of hardness. There'll always be a reason that you'll find not to expose some of these difficult areas that are sometimes maybe really hidden. And so I, I did, I got, I got at it. And, and, and in that moment as I started to, to rip out these weeds, I was aware that I was doing this because I felt like he wanted to speak. I felt like I was doing this because he wanted to reveal something. And it completely changed my motivation for taking on these ugly, horrible weeds and roots and all sorts of things. And I really felt that there was a huge difference. And I, and I, and I couldn't help but think as I was doing this of what David shared with us a few weeks ago. Because every time I've went out to the back garden to look at, at this mess, to look at how the lack of attention that I've given to the soil has caused this mess, has caused this incredibly uh, unfruitful bit of land. And every time that I've went and tried to start something, it's been a decision based on shame. It's been a decision based on embarrassment. It's been a decision based on what will people think of me? What will people think of us if they come and see this state of the condition of our soil. And it was in that moment that I realized that that's what we do so often. I I began to recount the times where I've done that personally. And and I've done something. I've I've, I've tried to get rid of things in my life that shouldn't be there, but I've done it because I felt embarrassed. I've done it because I felt ashamed. I've done it because I felt, what will people say if they look in on this? And you know what? It never lasts when we do that. You never get to the root of the problem. You never get to the issue at hand because your motivations are all wrong. And so I must have looked like a sight. I must have looked like an absolute idiot. I was glad I was there on my own because I'm sitting pulling these roots out. I feel like a father has just revealed something and I'm pulling the grass out and I'm beginning to weep. Surprise, surprise. But I'm beginning to weep as I'm pulling these out and I'm imagining my neighbors are probably thinking he's crying because that is a mess. Look at the mess that he has started to get into. I would be crying too. But I felt like it was, he was revealing some of the things that I have, decisions that I've made based on shame, of embarrassment and what people might say. And because I was doing this now in a moment, because I felt like the Father wanted to speak, I felt like the Father wanted to reveal something that changed every, absolutely everything about about trying to sort out the condition of the soil. And it's exactly the same for each one of us. If you hear, that's why, we keep on, that's why I wanted to start, why we keep on starting this way every Sunday morning, by saying the Father wants to do something. The Father wants to bring you into a place of fruitfulness. He wants to bring, as Neville talked about last week, he wants to bring you into a wider open place. And so whenever that becomes the motivation, whenever that is the, the starting point for beginning to expose these areas, whenever that's the starting point for, for building courage to, to tackle areas of guilt and shame and jealousy and all of these things that we've, we've tried to talk about, it makes a huge difference when we realize, actually, we're wanting to take this on because the Father wants to speak, the Father wants to reveal, the Father wants to bring comfort in, in the midst of all of this. And it is a big, it's a big difference. And so as I began to do this, I began to take out these 
these long, long grass, these huge amount of uh, weeds. I began to find some things in the middle of all of that that I forgot that we had. Caleb was so excited when he came home because I'd found his Man United ball lying down right in the midst of all of this. Like the grass was up to here. And as I began to pull all that out, there's a, there was a Man United football that he that he'd had got as a gift, but been such a long time since he'd got it, since he'd used it. I found we toys belonging to Jada, the wee, the wee wrist slapping thing that she loved for a while, but I don't know how it ended up right in the bottom of this bit of grass. And so here I'm spending this time beginning to find things that, that I forgot belonged to us. I began to find things, I began to find gifts that we hadn't used in such a long time. And again, the Father does something. Again, the Father just stirs my heart as I find, like again, it has to be God here. Because me finding my United ball, Caleb wasn't there, I was tempted to boot it into the other field. But actually, God's doing something because he's reminding me that that's the case for so many of us. That is our motivation behind going through this series because we want you to find things that you forgot belong to you. We want you to find those areas. We want you to we want you to find those gifts that you have not used in such a long time, because you've stopped paying attention to the condition of your heart. You've stopped paying attention to the condition of the soil, and you've lost things. You've forgot things that belong to you. And we sang those words, and I just wanted to jot some stuff down as we were worshiping today. Like we sang about hope. We sang about peace, and you know what? That belongs to each one of us. Those of us that know Jesus, that belong to the family of God, peace belongs to us. Joy belongs to us. Hope is our story. Hope belongs to us. It should set us apart. It should characterize who we are. That's what belongs to us, and for some of us in this room, you need to find what belongs to you. You need to find joy again you need to find peace again and we're asking you to take a look at the condition of the soil and know that the father wants to speak the father wants to reveal we want those gifts that haven't been used in such a long time we want to see them being found again we want to see them come to the surface again we want to see them have getting the light of day again and being able to breathe again as i continued to do this this ugly job but there's some small part of me was weirdly enjoying it I got to this part of the I got to this part of this area that I was trying to clear and uh, and I began to pull and there was black there was a load of black bin bags what on earth is this and uh, and so I pulled as much grass as I could and began to pull the bin bags out looked into it and it was grass that I had put into the bins at the time when I tried to take this on before. Like I tried to do this one other time. And uh, the bins were, I must have filled in all the bins and everything else. And so I started to put all the grass in the bin bags. And then I gave up. I gave up and I left the bin bags just where they were on this bank. And the grass has grown up around it. And so I'm. Um, pulling these bin bags out and getting it into the bin and 
they're so much more smellier. They're so much more messier than the time that it first tried to deal with it a number of months back. And again, I felt the Father was trying to speak. I really did. I felt he was really just trying to reveal something again in this moment because some of the things that we've brought up this week, some of the areas that are, are over the last few weeks, some of those areas are areas that you have tried to deal with before. Guilt and shame and jealousy, all of that. You've tried to deal with it before. You began to pull, pull at it. You began to sort it out. You began to deal with it. But it just got too laborious. It got too hard. It got too difficult. And you left it. You left it. And the problem is, the great problem is, is that the, the, the grass continued to grow up round my bin bags. And, and now when I went to deal with it again, I'm having to deal with more mess than I would have had to if I had dealt with it at the start. I'm having to deal with more ugliness and more smells and more creatures that I didn't even knew existed crawling about these bags and never even knew they existed. And maybe that's what's, what happens when we don't deal with this. There's, there's ugly stuff that you never knew existed begins to, to raise its head. Begins to niggle, begins to go through the, the whole of the soil. And so I, I, I did as much as I could. And when I went back down and I, and I was sitting in the kitchen, I thought, you know what, the, my biggest problem with all of that, with everything as I looked out into the garden, it was the problem is I just got used to that. I just got used to that. It was just the way it was going to be. I'd even started, I had it started to think like that. That's... It's just the way it's going to be. It's we've always had it like this. We've 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 got along this far. Why bother? Why bother now? Realize it just get so used to the to the poor condition of the soil. Get used to the unfruitfulness. This is the way it's been. It's doing nobody any harm. And so we live, and that's what we do. Some of us do that. We've almost said the same thing. We've got used to the pain. We've got used to the rejection. We've accepted the disappointment. We live with that. We've got used to it. It's always been this way, so what's the point? It's not really doing anybody else any harm, so let's just leave it the way it is. And you live with the shame. You accept the disappointments. And what we want to say as we go through this week by week, we're saying, no. No, this, this ground doesn't look like it. But this ground was created for fruitfulness. You, of all his creation, of all his good creation, were created for fruitfulness. You were created for fruitfulness. You were created for fruitfulness. Let that be your mantra this day, this week. You were created for fruitfulness. I suppose it's in some ways it's picking up what I what I shared the last time I was I was speaking through this topic. Again, it's just coming back to a lack of attention. It's just coming back to getting we we lack we don't give it the attention because we've just got used to it. 
And the account of the sower in Matthew chapter 13, verse 15, says this. If you want to look at it or just take note of it. We'll not read it all, but again, if you want to look at this parable that we are basing all that we're sharing on. Um, Matthew 13 or Mark 4. And it gets to this place, if you read through the entire of Scripture, you'll see that this this has been spoke about in the Psalms, it's been spoke about in Isaiah, it's spoke about in Hebrews, and here again it's it's spoke in Matthew 13. And he says this at the end of verse 14, in Matthew chapter 13, you will be ever hearing but never understanding, you will be ever seeing but never perceiving, for this people's heart, this people's heart has become calloused. And so they hardly hear with their ears and they, ha- and they have closed their eyes. And it was, this, it was this idea of the calloused heart that, that really grabbed my attention as I, was, as I was going about my week. It was the calloused heart that, that, that seemed, to, seemed to just be kept going back to. And I realized that it's a, it's a loss of sensitivity. You know, callous ground or the callous in your feet or whatever, that is, it's a hardening. It's the beginning of the hardening of the soil or the feet or in this case of the heart. You lose all sensitivity. You become indifferent. You become indifferent. And that's what begins to happen. The callousness continues to take hold of the of that area because it's never seen any transformation. There's never been any change. There has never been any cultivation. Ephesians four, you want to hear what Paul has to say about he doesn't use the language of the callous he doesn't say it doesn't say calloused heart like it does in Matthew thirteen, but it's a similar it's a similar words, it's a similar language in the original it says that because of the ignorance, verse, the, the last part of verse 18 going into verse 19, it says because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts and they have lost all sensitivity and they've just given themselves over to every sensuality. And that's what happens is the heart begins to harden. It's that callousness, I don't know if that's a word, begins to set in. There is a There is a loss of sensitivity. There is there is an inability to feel pain any longer. And there's part of me just thinks that's just a such a scary place to be. That we could get to that place where the heart where the heart becomes callous, that we no longer feel the pain of all of this. We become insensitive to it. We actually maybe even worse become indifferent to it. We are aware of it. We see it. But we've just become indifferent to it. And we no longer give the soil any attention. We no longer give the heart any attention. We have said it's the way it's always been. It's the way I've always been. There's one statement that grieves me when I hear people say it. It's the way it's always been. It's the way I've always been. No. It's not the way you were created. It's not. 
it's not the way you're supposed to be. Don't settle for that. Don't live with that. Don't accept that. Don't get into that rut of thinking, well, it's not really harming anybody else. But I want to say to you that it does. So I want to say to every one of you, you're part of the body. And I think this Jesus, why Paul uses this language of the body so eloquently, so purposefully. Because we need to get that. Like it does harm anybody else. If you've decided, if you've given up, if you've decided to live with that, if you've decided to accept non-fruitfulness, it does harm somebody else. It harms us. It harms the body. Because we need you to be created who, who you were created to be. We need you to live out the, the purposes that he has for you from before the beginning of time. And the last time my focus was on that we... We no longer hear in many ways because we refuse to listen. And now we're trying to, we want to say this morning that, that you getting used to something is in some ways your refusal to change. It could possibly be your refusal to change. You're just going to get used to something. And I want to wrap this up, but I want you to, I want to remind you that that as we think of this, as we think of this in the context of the church, the church was to was always to be a reproducible, organic movement. We were never supposed to be an institution. We were never supposed to be a monument. The church was always to be a re- reproducible, organic movement. And as we think of the church, but as we think of our own individual lives, things that stay the same are not healthy. Like the ground, I don't know what's going to have to be done to the ground around our house. But what I do know is that if it stayed the same, it is not healthy. And I know for each one of you, on this journey of faith that we're on, if things are just the same, it is not healthy. You're either, you're either moving forward or you're moving backward. There's almost no standing still. But if there is a standing still, you just begin to stagnate. Become incredibly unhealthy. And the truth is, the reality is that if it doesn't change, it's going to die. If it doesn't change, it's going to die. And, and as I've just allowed myself just to be challenged by what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in me this week, I, I began to realize that this is, there's times this week where I realized why Jesus said, if you don't get this parable, none of the other ones will make sense. If you don't, if you don't get this one sorted, if you don't pay attention to the condition of the heart, then no, no other parable, no, nothing else that I will have to say will make any sense. And that's what I feel is, and again, just to honor Neville, I think this is, Neville heard from the Lord in this, and we, and we want to give time to this. We want to keep on giving our space and energy to this because Jesus himself said, if you don't get this, nothing else is going to make sense. You need to pay attention to this. Need to expose some of this stuff, and so if you're living in, in in Christian faith, if you're on this journey of faith and there is no fruit, if you're willing to be really honest this morning, like everything, any success from this series will come from your willingness to involve yourself in this process. It's 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 down to you, and and so you need to be willing to be honest. You need the courage to be honest. Is there any fruit 
in your life are you seeing are you seeing anything sprout? Are you seeing anything take place? Are you seeing something begin to merge from the from the ground? Are you seeing anything happening? There's no fruit change is essential. And I know that change is not easy. I'm not a big fan of change. But if there's no fruit if there's nothing going on in your life, then you need change is essential. If it just looks the same, if it just feels the same, if you are not more in love with Jesus, if you're not more in love with people, then you need to change. You need to change. See, a fruitfulness, I can't remember where I've seen this, uh, Planet Earth 2, I don't know if, you watch, if anybody watches that, Planet Earth 1, it was on a couple of years ago, um, on BBC, Planet Earth 2 is about to start. There was an advertisement put out uh, for Planet Earth and just absolutely fascinating. Absolutely incredible series. And uh, But as I, was, as I was watching some of that clip, I began just to look through some things and, and there was a statement that I read. I can't remember the context of it, forgive me for that, but I read, if fruitfulness is missing, the survival of the species is under threat. The fruitfulness is missing and the survival of the species is under threat. And as I, and as I thought of that, my, I felt something about the church. I began to pray for the church in that moment. So if the church just keeps on doing the same thing as, as, as numbers decline, as we become more and more separated from society, If we do not change, if we do not go after fruitfulness, the survival of the species is under threat. And that's true for us. Like there's a part of me that just almost winces every time my Bible reading plan tells me I'm about to read through Judges. Because as I read through Judges, I'm aware that even though things start out well, where it only ever seems to be a generation from compromise and then a generation from the, the, the whole thing being under threat altogether. And that concerns me. It's a deep concern for someone who is passionate about the church, who loves the church, and longing for us to be all that we were intended to be. And I want to, I want to make it clear that the message is never going to change. From this place, from, the, from this platform, if you want to call it that, I'm standing on the floor with you. But, if you, but we're, we're saying the message will never change, but you know what? The methods demand change. Our mindsets demand change. Our routines are in desperate need of change. Our priorities are in desperate need of change. And so I, I, that, that, is, that is really true. And I want to keep, any time it feels like I'm taking you on a downer, remember my heart, the goal of this is fruitfulness. And I want to be really honest this morning and, 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 and finish with this. As I, as I step back and as I filled the bins as much as I could, jumping on them as hard as I could to make sure I could get as much grass and do as much pulling of the weeds as I possibly could. And I went and washed my hands. I went and got a glass of water and I came back out and looked and I was like, my goodness, have I even touched it? And even in that moment, I felt like that, like this is, that's reality. That's if you, allow, if you allow that to happen in, if physically, if I have allowed that to happen, 
then that's what it's going to take. It's going to take hard work. It's going to take a lot of effort. If we don't deal with the lack of attention that we've given to the condition of our hearts, then truthfully, honestly, it's not just a matter of of a spur of the moment going and ripping out some weeds. This is going to take time. This is going to involve some hard work to be done. And I wouldn't want to finish without acknowledging that, without saying that. There's a part of me, genuinely, there was a part of me, even though I looked and thought, my goodness, it looks like I haven't done a thing. Like Judith will come home today and I cannot give off at her for not even noticing. If she doesn't notice, I can't, I can't give off at her. Because in some ways it hardly looks like I've touched it. But you know, there's part of me did enjoy it. There's part of me did enjoy it because it was, I felt like I was hearing from the Father. I felt like the Father was revealing some stuff in me. And I feel like that's all I've, all I've really wanted to or been able to bring this morning. Some of those revelations that I hope will do something in you, will stir something in you. But to also say that it'll take time. It'll take hard work to be done. But we want to do that together. We want to be, want to be a church that will, that will do that as we go on this journey together as the body of Christ, as the family of God, as his bride that he's coming back for, perfect and spotless without blemish. And so we want to keep on going on that journey together. We hate for any one of us to live in a place that we are not meant to live, that we were not created to live, where our deep desire is fruitfulness. And so, Father, I pray that whatever change needs to take place in us, whatever areas we just need to allow you to come and have your way, things that we've got used to, things that we have said, but it's always been like this. It's always been this way. It's always looked like this. We're praying that you would just allow us to be faithful to what you're saying, be faithful to what you're doing. We we don't want to become an irrelevance to uh, our society, we don't want to become an irrelevance to to those that you've called us to love and to serve and to heal and to comfort and to feed and to clothe. And uh, so, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would allow us to continue to be to be courageous in this. You'd allow us to to continue to be, um, Lord, just willing to to confront some things. He'd allow us just to be together, take on this journey of working hard to get to that place where you want us to be. So we love you. Thank you for each person in this room. Thank you for each individual. And God, I pray that you would just bring them to that place where you want them to be, that you've created them for. Anything that they're carrying that is not from you, I pray that there would be the courage to get rid of that, to expose that for what it really is for the lie that it really is. And we would be a people that would just continue to worship you in truth. We worship you in spirit. You continue to draw us close. We, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.